and welcome to Blades Pod. My name is Ben. It's Friday, the 27th of December. And returning from his winter break, I'm very pleased to have Andrew back. How are you doing today, Paul? I'm refreshed after my bout of illness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear that you're, you're feeling better and you're through your uh, Christmas working shift nightmare. Yeah, it was horrible. I were ill and then I did like a ridiculous amount of work on as I was sort of getting over the illness. So. Fighting fit now, feeling better. Yeah, hopefully. yeah, 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 fighting fit. Christmas is pretty much over, which is always a good thing, I always think. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had a game of football yesterday at Bromwell Lane. Boxing Day against Watford and uh, a one-all draw for the Blades. And I feel pretty philosophical about this. Um, you know, I, th- I think you could sort of say, well, you know, we played the, the team that were bottom of the league at that point. They're now, uh, they're now off the bottom with that point. But, um, yeah, I think you could say, like, well, this is, we played the team in, in, that are in bottom. Like, we should beat them, really. You know, we, we had a, pretty much our strongest team out, I think. But, I don't know, I, I, I was kind of ha- all right with the point, like, quite happy with it. I was certainly not disappointed at full time. How about you? Yeah, exactly the same. I just thought, I mean, I always post, when I post a view from on the S2 form, I always use a song. And this time I used Bigger Picture by uh, the Waterboys. And I think that sort of sums it up for me. I think if we'd have lost to Brighton and drawn yesterday, yeah, I might have thought, well, oh, that's, you know, pretty poor return for two games that you're hoping to get at least three points out of. But I think the, the three wins before meant that. I were all right with that. I, I, you know, I, I think Watford are better than the league. Even if they go down, I don't think they should be anywhere near the bottom three. I think for whatever reason, they just got off to such a bad start that mm. that's why they're down there. So I don't think it's a bad point at all. Yeah, I think churning through managers has actually harmed them rather than the way around. Because mm. I think they were basically fine like at the start of the season. Even when they weren't winning games, they were still creating yeah. loads of chances. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think they're... I don't think they're the worst team in the league, to be honest. I still think Newcastle are, despite them being about tenth or whatever. Um, yeah. So I mean, you, you can uh, you can take that with a pinch of salt if you want to. But yeah, I thought Watford looked uh, looked fine. You know, pretty well organised. Obviously, Pearson's come in now and is um, presumably going to be focusing on, on trying to tighten up at the back. Um, I didn't think we played that well, um, but that said, we did create quite a lot of chances. When you sort of look at the the stat line after the game, I had an xG over yeah. two, which is pretty unusual for us to be honest to get uh to you know create that many and that quality of chances 16 shots to five and yeah Watford really posed this very little threat at all and, and ultimately we're we're quite indebted to uh to Ben Foster who uh we can certainly talk about in uh yeah in some depth later on I think um so yeah it's, it's a strange one the more I think about it the more I'm like oh we, you know we we should have won that one really but Something I don't know. Something felt a little off to me um, in our performance, and I think Wilder kind of said that afterwards, didn't he? That you know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't up to the standards that um, that he expected, and yeah, it, it wasn't like we were bad or anything like that. But yeah, it just felt like a few things didn't quite click for us, and I don't know. Maybe it's the the Amazon Prime curse again yeah. of uh, just producing a, a strange performance from us. Um, we're obviously stung by the uh, the turnstiles. Giving us a, a yeah. t- ten-minute delay as well, but at least they uh, at least they did delay it for us. So <laughs> time to actually get in the ground. My, my main concern there was um, missing McGoldrick's goal with uh, with us being stuck outside, but unfortunately that didn't come to pass. In uh, yeah, my, in my mate texted me saying uh, I thought it was supposed to be a sellout. It's empty. Like when they were pan around the ground at like one minute to three or whatever, and apparently the players were in the tunnel, but they ended up just staying in the tunnel by all accounts. Yeah. Um, so. In terms of uh, yeah, just some I guess some. Well, actually, let's go through let's go through the events of the game first. Probably uh, the most logical place to start. Um, 
We kept the the same team as Brighton, apart from Fleck coming in for Freeman, which is, uh, I think, a pretty pretty logical move. Um, I haven't checked this, actually, but I believe none of our players that were on four yellow cards picked up a yellow card in this game. They didn't, no, and I think that's it now. I think that's the last one. Yes, yeah, yeah. So um, the threshold for a yellow card suspension suspension now goes to ten games. So uh, ten yellows, excuse me. Yeah. So um, yeah. Wilder mentioned that he wondered if that were part of the uh, lacklustre performance from certain players. I'm not sure if that were tongue in cheek or. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's good that they did avoid him. Obviously, I, I really didn't like the idea of seeing uh, seeing Kieran Freeman up against Raheem Sterling. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> a couple of days, his defending is not his strong point, is yeah, it? Yeah, so. that would be uh, it. Would be potentially a tough watch, I think. Um, yeah. yeah. So McBurney kept his place, which uh, I, I was I was pretty happy with that. I think I think Moussa, uh I think Liverpool and Man City are the two games that he absolutely we'll have to start because obviously we're going to have very very little possession and mm. we need someone to yeah just kind of burst away from players as he as yeah. he did to great effect in a little cameo at the end of this one yeah uh, um but actually had our best chances in the first half i think there was that uh i think it was o'connell sort of drove into the box and he kind of hit that cross shot and McBurney did really well to redirect it towards yeah. goal and I, I thought it was absolutely going to be a goal and Foster somehow managed to readjust himself and get his, his hand down to push it away. It was a, yeah, a, I mean, that were arguably a better save than the flight one for me, just in terms Ooh. of actual reflex. I think the flight one, it's a great save, don't get me wrong, but it's sort of what you're taught to do as a goalkeeper. If the if the ball's going that way, you run you know, across and it, it's just sort of hit him. I think that one, the, the reflexes for that save were brilliant. Yeah, completely. Um, McGoldrick was there for the rebound, but, uh, well, a corner was given, I I'm not a hundred percent sure that um, a defender actually got anything on this. I've watched it again, but yeah. it, was, it was not a not a sitter for him to finish off by any means. No, um, McBurney had a header as well from around the penalty spot, which again I thought was going in. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a really comfortable save. I was like, "Oh, goal!" Oh, what? yeah. <laughs> you got to got to credit Foster's footwork there actually, because I think a lot of other keepers are having to push that away, and he was just like, "Yeah, no, I'm just catching that. That's no problem at all." Um, and then we went behind, uh, and I, I just immediately got Newcastle flashbacks of like, mm-hmm. what on earth? I mean, I think that was literally their first shot of the game. It was pretty much the first time they'd been in our half. It was basically just a long kick from, um, I guess actually it was it was a very similar goal to the one we scored uh, at Brighton last week. In yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. Yeah, I'm just checking now. They So Watford had, yeah, they had one shot in the first half an hour. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, which obviously was the goal, so yeah. But... It was a little bit like the Newcastle goal we conceded as well, if you get rid of the offside, you know, just a flick on header, and then obviously Shelby went, went through. It was very much like that as well. Yeah, um, I think you can, I don't know if point fingers is a bit extreme, but I, I think there is some question marks about how we defended this goal all over, I agree. to be honest. I think um, for me, there's three mistakes from three different players, I think. I don't know why Egan's gone running up to try and head that ball. Mm. I don't know what I. I've no idea what Basham's doing at the end. I don't think he'd have got back. Don't get me wrong, but he just sort of like walks away. Yeah, you know, as the ball's going in, I'm like, where, where are you going? And then Henderson obviously is not at his near post. I actually thought at the time, have they put a flag up because the defending was so weird from Henderson and Basham? Because mm. Basham's sort of like just walking away. Henderson's sort of just stood there. I'm thinking, well, he must have got a flag or something. But then, no goal. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know why, but I, 
It, I, internal alarm bell as soon as I saw um, where Egan was going to challenge for that ball. And, mm-hmm. You know, all right, you don't. I think it's Deeney flicks it on, isn't it? De- Deeney was a, a typical menace, I think, in this game. Yeah, he's a handful yeah. As a target man. Yeah, he's, he's a good forward, to be fair, a good Premier League player. Um, and, and yeah, but. So obviously you don't want to you don't want him making an unchallenged header, but if you are going to allow him to do it, probably ten yards inside the opposition half is a good place for it to happen. So mm-hmm. as soon as he goes charging out, yeah, I was a bit like, mm, you know, we're pushed up very high here. That said, I think he's probably within his rights to expect one of our two other central defenders to cover that off, yeah, uh, or someone to track Delafeu. I mean, as you said, nobody tracked Shelby with the um, with the Newcastle goal that they scored, yeah. And then the, I mean, Delafeu's not, he's not lightning, I don't think. He's it? not like a, you know. Oh, he's not like a Vardy, is he, or anything no. like that? No, so, yeah, watching it again, I'm thinking, like, Basham's got, surely Basham's going to be able to challenge this. And, yeah, it was almost as though he was going to challenge him, and then about halfway through, thought, actually, I'll go and try and get back on the line. Yeah, um, he had absolutely no chance of doing it. I, don't, I, don't, no. I, I just found it, found it really, like, bizarre how. He's sort of sprinting with him, and then he sort of slows down and just veers off to the left as if he's expecting almost like they're, they're going to cross it. I don't, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, there was one other sort of misjudgment that I, or potential misjudgment, if you like, um, that you didn't mention that I really did think at the time, and that is I thought Henderson had to come out and get the ball because Delafeu's mm. touch is it's quite good, but it's not great. Like off his, no, off his, it's uh, off his knee, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And as soon as he had that touch, I'm thinking, just get out, get out and get the ball now. Go and clatter the guy or something. And, you know, all right, obviously don't literally clatter him. I mean, yeah, go, yeah, go yeah. and win the ball, that kind of thing. Um, and certainly, yeah, watching it live, sat on the cop, thought, like, oh, he's made such a mistake. It seemed like Delafiro had ages to collect the ball and then finish. Mm-hmm. And having watched it again, I mean, I don't know. The perspective is obviously different if you're stood on the field as to sat high up in the stands. Yeah, so, of course, yeah. So, yeah, you could give some benefit of the doubt. But I, I do wonder if that's what Basham was thinking as well, if... You know, Delafeu has that touch, and he's like, right, Henderson's going to come out, so Delafeu is going to have to go round him. So I'm going to go back and try and cover the goal line. But none of that happened, and it was it was a really soft, rubbish goal to concede. To be honest, when you've got, when you've got a back three as well, and yeah, it wasn't like we were caught on the counter attack or anything. Like that. It was literally just a clearance from inside their six yard box when it. Mm-hmm. The, Ends up yeah. in the back of our net, and you know, within within seconds, somebody's gone down injured. And all right, I think he actually did get subbed off in the end. But I was just having flashbacks to Newcastle of like, oh, flipping it, you know, team has scored with their first attack, and that's it. Now we're just going to watch people be injured in inverted commas. Which they were doing very very early on, to be fair. Um, yeah. Just straight after the goal, I think they had a, a man down, didn't they? For for nothing, and yeah, they were obviously they were going to try and break it. Up, which you know, the bottom of the league, I, I can't really fault them for that. But it would, you knew it was going to be a frustrating game from then on. Yeah, exactly. But fortunately, we were able to equalise fairly, mm. fairly soon after this, and um, our first penalty of the season. It's been uh, yeah. a, a long time coming. I don't feel like we've had uh, you know many obvious penalties not given. I mean, there's obviously the um, the one at Norwich uh, that they looked at with VAR yeah. and didn't overturn. And Southampton with the handball the as handball, well, which yeah. NBA didn't, didn't give for some bizarre reason. <laughs> yeah, those those are the two that uh, that I can think of, but not many others. But anyway, finally, finally our first penalty season, two weeks after uh, the first penalty awarded against us this season as well. So they finally caught up with us. Um, and yeah, I think... <laughs> You know this whole thing about basic football. I do think that this goal or this penalty win is, if I'm being charitable, I think that's what people might mean sometimes when they talk about United's like, 
you know, the amount of effort and running and getting yeah, players yeah, forward. Because yeah, yeah. like it's, it's your right wing back getting into the penalty area and, you know, basically taking advantage of some complacency. And, yeah, because he lost the ball. It wasn't a good touch, was it, initially hmm. from uh, Baldock? And then, obviously, he does brilliantly to get it back. And it's a, it's a clumsy foul. It's a clumsy pen. From their point of view, it's a, it's a poor one to give away. But, yeah, it's all about tenacity, weren't it, really? Yeah, I was almost... I was really surprised that a penalty was given because it... Yeah, it just came out of nothing, didn't it? And it was yeah, yeah. It was... Well, I, I didn't even appeal to be completely honest. It just mm. seemed like it gone down, and then the referee point. To be honest, from where I was stood, I, I thought we were outside the area at first as well. Mm. So I wasn't like hands in the air. Then well, I just give a pen. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to, I suppose, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think also the fact that none of the Watford players like moaned about it or anything like that. So yeah, it almost made you think: oh, is this definitely been given? Is it yeah. or something like that? But it was just. Yeah, it's just a sheer desire and effort from Baldock, really, to, uh, you know, not only to be there in the first place, but to chase that lost cause and, and force yeah. a mistake and, and win the penalty. And, yeah, as I say, first one since um, since Brentford at home on uh, on March the 12th, 2019. Yeah. Um, the same guy who scored that one stepped up to take this one. And I think put it in the same corner, actually. Put it into the bottom left corner. Norwood's first ever Premier League goal and uh, a pretty good penalty is, uh, mm. you know... Uh, Foster dives the same way and can't yeah, get to it. Yeah, can't fault Foster. He, he got an hand on it, didn't he? Or like sort of got near it. Um, so he had to be struck well, otherwise he'd have saved it. Mm. And yeah, to yes, exactly. To to get it past that goalkeeper is uh, is no mean feat, as we saw for the rest of this game. Mm. Um, it just going back a bit. I think it was before this. Is uh, do you know when Flex offside goal? Mm. I thought that were going to be given at one point because the the the, the check took about a minute. Mm, I know what you, you mean. And, and I'm thinking. Hang on, this is this has happened to us where this could be given, and then obviously it wasn't. But yeah, I just thought like I mean, looking back on it, it wasn't. I thought it was clearly offside, but looking back, at it, it wasn't. It was offside, but it wasn't sort of miles offside. So I can see why they did check, check it for a while. But yeah, it took took that longer. Thought they're going to give this, and then they didn't. So. Yeah. <laughs> but we did play on and put the ball in the net, which is quite, that's it, uh... and that, that's exactly what I brought it up for because I think we have learned from that. I think sort of. In the past, the flag goes up. There's no way Flex charging in and putting that. He, he just stops, doesn't he? So, mm. and it was a you know it was a, a, a proper finish from Fleck as well. It wasn't like he was just messing about. I'm just going to roll this into the net. It was like, yeah, you know, I'm playing on as though this isn't offside. Yeah, it was close. I mean, uh, as I say on the cop, I've absolutely no angle to gauge that whatsoever. So, yeah. but yeah, having seen it again, it's a um, it's a bit of a split second thing. And if the ball's played like. Uh, uh, let me get my events right here because Basham's stepping out, isn't he? So if it, yeah, was, if the yeah. ball was actually passed to Basham slightly later, as opposed to slightly earlier, then yeah. he would have uh, he would have got into an onside position. Um, a slightly surprising one that the linesman gave it in real time, I think, because it was yeah, as you say, it yeah, was it was fair enough. This is this is the frustration I think with with VAR and stuff because the linesman really shouldn't be putting his flag up there because mm. it wasn't a clear offside. That's not, and obviously that's happened to us before with the with the Newcastle thing as well. But I suppose in that, like I said last time, in terms of the linesman, I think it's just natural instinct for him, I suppose, isn't yeah. it? So it's going to be hard to switch that off, that yeah. hang on, he's offside, flag's up. I mean, you were right on that occasion, so it was a good call, but re, you know, by the, the new guidelines that have been given, he shouldn't have put his flag up. No, probably not. Um... Yeah, so I know what you mean. The, the, that was one where I thought, oh, this is going on a little while here, even though I've absolutely yeah. no, no idea in real time whether it is or is not. And then, uh, yeah, unfortunately not. I should have known better, really, shouldn't we? Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> It'll happen. It will happen, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, the second half, uh, 
We didn't really create that. I don't know. This is funny, this game, because as I say, we had 16 shots, which is quite a lot for us. Foster made some brilliant saves, but I didn't I didn't ever really feel like we were going to force a winner. And it didn't feel as though we had the kind of control, no. like sustained pressure that I we normally have. I was about to say, there was no spell of domination. I think we were yeah. the better side without really battering them down. You know, it, I think it was... It certainly weren't like against Newcastle first half where we were literally all over them and creating chances. I think mm. it was just a, it was a lot of effort and a lot of huffing and puffing without really, really cut. I don't think they were really ever at full stretch other than the Fleck chance. And uh, I think Stevens had a, a shot as well, obviously, that was saved. But other than like a two or three decent opportunities, I don't think we were ever completely on top corner after corner or anything like that. Yeah, we started the half really... Really positively, I thought, what a free kick like within about 10 seconds in that fight. Because yeah. I was suddenly looking at the clock going, I wonder what the uh, the fastest time to get booked in a second half is. Cause <laughs> that, that was definitely inside 10 seconds. Um, yeah, I had some headers from corners that were, you know, Egan had a couple, I think, that were mm. kind, of, kind of blocked away from goal. Uh, there's that Stevens shot that you mentioned as well, which I think was going wide anyway, but yeah. Foster yeah. still got down to save it. Um the 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 big moment, of course, of the, the the really just settled the whole game, I suppose, is uh, yeah. is that Fleck chance. And um, the first <laughs> the first thing I thought was, thank God that wasn't McGoldrick on the end of it. Oh wow! <laughs> can you imagine? You imagine? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, to, to be fair, I've seen a few people criticise Fleck, but I think it's just one of those where hmm. just get something on it, and nine times out of ten that goes in the net. I don't. You've not got any time to sort of you know prime yourself and pick a pick a place or anything like that it is just a case of getting on the end of it yeah i i kind of i kind of like what he tried to do which is basically send it back where it's come from which is obviously yeah, where... yeah exactly and I, I don't think he's done anything wrong and i think i've like i said i've seen a few people criticizing i think it's just a really good save really good goalkeeping doing exactly what he's been taught to do running to that side making himself big yeah and it's you know this time next week that sort of shot goes in doesn't it it's just one of those it's just a, a really good save i don't think you can blame anyone for it i thought moose were fantastic with the ball in as well not just his pace because yeah. he'd only been on the pitch hadn't he about a minute yeah well exactly yeah so he comes on for uh for mcburney um i thought mcburney was uh was pretty good again in this game to be honest yeah he's but... definitely getting there yeah, I don't think he's. A, I don't think we'll probably see his peak all season. To be honest, I think we're going to have to stick with him for a seat. But he's definitely getting better and better. Although that wasn't his best game, I think he did offer a lot more than he were offering, like at the start of the season. Mm, yeah, I think that's fair for sure. Um, yeah, Musi. I mean, he just gets the ball inside our half, and then it's just gone, isn't he? I mean, it's, it's level with their back four essentially, and then he's suddenly not because he's so much faster than the rest of them. Um, well, I was watching the, the Chelsea Southampton highlights yesterday, and um, they scored like a couple sort of on break Southampton. Well, the, the first, I think it was the first or the second one, and I think we haven't really got anyone other than Musa who can do that. You know that that sort of pace against mm. teams that are attacking you and stuff like that. So, I do think that showed sort of we'd possibly need maybe not this season, but sort of a light for light for Musa because I think that explosive pace is so important. I mean, we saw it with Delafeu was not even that fast, but yeah. you know just that sort of bit of pace and a bit of. You know, some, someone who can just get past the defender in a tight game can really make a difference. I think we saw that with Moussain just in that one incident. And that wins you the game on another day. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, as you say, been on the pitch a minute and, you know, on another day has won us the game. Um, yeah. Wow, imagine having two Moussais. This is what I mean. I, I think there's a lot... We're one of the sort... I won't say we're a slow side or anything, but you, 
I think we lack explosive players um, compared to other Premier League sides. Even the the teams near the most of the teams near the bottom, such as your Southamptons and your Everton's and stuff like that. They've all got these players who can just turn, you know. And they're off. Traore is a fantastic example of that. Uh, mm. Wolves. Indeed. Um, yeah, so Musi bursts down the side, sends in, a, as you say, a, a brilliant cross and flex, uh, flex powered forward, gets a, gets a good shot away mm. and it kind of, Foster diving across his goal, it kind of hits him like just on the side of the knee of his trailing leg, doesn't it? And even then, I'm still not sure how it manages to not go in the net, but... Yeah, he, he no, I, I, watched, I mean, at the time, I was, I was up saying, that's got to go, but obviously not. And then I watched it back, and I still think it's going to go in. <laughs> <laughs> I do like on the uh, the highlights, there's a sort of uh, immediate cut of uh, straight to Foster's face. And he, <laughs> I, I, I'm imagining that Flex asking him, like, how on earth have you saved that? Because he just sort of shakes his head and goes, no idea. <laughs> Yeah, he sort of shrugs on in, like puffs his cheeks out, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty a pretty special save from uh, from a very good goalkeeper. Um, yes, they. Uh, I mean, as I said, they only had five shots in the whole game, and, and to be honest, I don't remember three of them. But the one I do remember, a free kick right at the death, right on the edge of there, which I've not seen yeah. back. But my immediate reaction from the other end of the pitch was that this was not a foul at I've all. seen the replay I don't think it is neither to be honest I saw I watched most of the day last night and I don't right. think it's a foul I think it's a good tackle from O'Connell yeah it certainly looked uh, as I say 100 metres away as though um, as though we got the ball because uh, you could see a deviation mm-hmm. but I don't know whatever uh, it's a free kick right on the edge of the area and Delefeu puts it over the wall unfortunately just wide and oh dear me I think he could have I think he could have stuck this in the middle of the goal and it would have gone in to be honest because um, yeah Henderson was was completely bamboozled. I mean, I've absolutely no idea what again what he was doing there in yeah. a way because it's sort of in the middle of the goal where I think any if if he gets that on target, that's in. I can't see how Henderson gets to it either side. Yeah, unless it's literally hit straight at Henderson. I'm, yeah, I'm with you. And yeah. it, it was strange. I don't know. It, it was almost like he took it quickly. Um, you know, as in like before the as if we were ready. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what it all looked like and. Uh, but it, it wasn't, and fortunately went. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess a foot wide or something like that. And his yeah. reaction said it all. I, I think, think in terms of the game, I think if that had gone in, we'd have been saying we didn't deserve that. It was a bit of a Southampton sort of game. Yeah. But at the same time, I think if we'd have won it, we'd have said that's a gritty yes. three points. Po- possibly just deserved it, but not at his best. But we'll take it. And I think that's why you can't be that disappointed. I think we created the better chances, but. From a Watford perspective, I think they'd have felt a bit unjust if they'd have lost as well. Yeah, potentially. I, yeah, let, let's just uh, we'll, we'll talk about some individuals now, actually. But um, mm. Watford as a, as a collective, I suppose. I mean, uh, you know, I, I've been kind of banging this drum for a while that they're actually not that bad, and no. um, I, I do think that they. Well, I don't know. I don't want to say that they'll stay up at this point because they're in. They are in a bit of a hole. I mean, I think they're still six points clear. Uh, they are. I mean, they've got a lot to do. And I've seen some of our fans today, like saying, oh, "I'm looking at the bottom three and Watford look a good side. They can get out of it." And I'm saying, I'm thinking, like, I think they're 15 points off us, <laughs> and I think that's right anyway. And uh, that, that's a lot of points in the Premier League. And I know teams got five wins. Not, not yeah, and teams don't normally go on, on three match winning runs like we've just gone on. That's very unusual. If you look at the form guide, there's only Liverpool who's actually on a, on an unbeaten run higher than us at the moment. Wow, yeah, they're uh, they are 16 points behind us and 27 goals worse off. They, 
Say what you like about what Watford might do, but they are not finishing above us this season. I this, can is, this is why that. when people talk about relegation, I, I mean, I know like there are not many people talking about it, but people saying, oh, we're, we're still not safe yet. And we're over some or not, anything can happen. But you look at Watford, you look at Norwich, they're so far behind us that, that even if they produce the results that we did in the earlier part of the season, it's probably still not going to be enough to catch us. No, exactly. I think we need to lose, yeah, Oh, I don't want to think about it because it's so stupid. We need to lose. <laughs> we need to lose almost every game for the rest of the season. I mean, that third from bottom, yeah, that that you can't say that's, on, on you know, you can't say that's sort of, sort of that's that's it. We're, we've we've finished, but it's unfeasible to think that we're, we're definitely not going to get into the bottom three or anything like that. But I think Watford and Norwich, yeah, and you look at it, Watford are playing well, but have they left it too late? Yeah, that's yeah, that that is it essentially. I think they've been quite good for most of the season. You know, more of a, mm. a lower mid-table like an Everton or a, a Brighton, to be honest, than uh, than an absolute muck as their results have kind of suggested. But as you say, this is you know they may have left it too late. They're on their third manager. You know, Deeney's coming back. That is a big um, yeah, a big boost for them. And I was very glad when he got subbed off. Um, he is still feeling his way back from injury, and so yeah. Uh, he played a few days ago as well against Man United in a in a high intensity game, but mm. yeah, I'm just looking at their their next run of games. They've got uh, they've got Villa at home tomorrow. They, they uh, need three points from that. I mean, yeah. I think on paper that's a good. On paper, you look at that as an isolated result, and it's a better point for Watford than us. But realistically, it's not. It's a better point for us because Watford need wins desperately. They've drawn, I think, it's seven games. They've not actually lost as many as you might think. Mm. They've only actually won two though. Yeah, no, you 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 spot on. Yeah, seven uh, seven draws, ten defeats. Yeah, and, and I, I completely agree. Yeah, they, you know, in a vacuum, that's a good point for them. You know, away at the sixth place team, they get a draw and you know battle it out. But they they do need wins because six points at the bottom yeah. is which is what the gap is to to seventeenth is is a lot. But yeah, they've got Villa next. They've got Wolves at home after that. Uh, Bournemouth away. You know, they probably look at that's pretty winnable. Uh, Spurs at home is tough, and then Villa away again. So, um, yeah, they, you know, there's there's an opportunity for them to get out of it there. And as I say, I, I don't think they're that bad at all. I think Deeney's uh, Deeney's a very good player. They have a fantastic goalkeeper. Uh, Pearson presumably will try and make them more uh, more defensively solid, which really has been the the major Achilles heel this season. Yeah, and I think that that's what Pearson has brought in from uh, even against Liverpool. I mean, they, they were the better side there. They were defensively pretty solid against Man U. I thought they were, on the whole they were defensively solid yesterday. But at the same time, all those on all those occasions, obviously they did lose to Liverpool. Man United did have a couple of really good chances. We could have won that yesterday. Mm. These sort of tight, all the games are going to be pretty tight, and you've got yeah. to wonder whether are they going to lose the odd ones and not get a, you know not get a win when they should? Because I don't think the defense is that great on the whole. To be honest, no. I think they, def- they are defending at the moment, but it's more of a is it just a case that the new managers come in and organise them rather than these are individually good enough to you know keep make keep uh, keep getting clean sheets. Yes, that's uh, I'm very much on the the latter of those ones there. I think. Um, <laughs> De La Feu is uh, another very good player, but he's also yeah. a... <laughs> well, choose your own adjective, I suppose. Him a <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I kind of... Um, I, I can't even remember the sort of many sort of snide little things that he was doing in this game. But, yeah, um, yeah I mean, he constantly moaning to the referee. He did eventually get booked for it. Uh, you know, <laughs> not standing behind the white line that the referee drew, which is so... It's just yeah, so pointlessly yeah. petty and maddening, isn't it? It's like, why are you doing that? You're, what is the point? It's like three inches. Just get behind the line, you idiot. There were a point in the second. Uh, what, a Watford player got booked for time-wasting, didn't he, at one point? 
uh, when he went off. He got yeah, off. yeah, and he was still going. He could have got sent off then because he still didn't sort of get get it go any quicker once he'd been booked. I think he slowed down. <laughs> yeah, so he could have literally been sent. I mean, what a stupid sending off that had been. Oh, I know. Yeah. Well, I suppose then he would have just stayed on the pitch. Maybe they just stopped altogether. Yeah, he used yeah, to go he off. Down, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't send me off again. I'll just stay here. Um, yeah, that was quite. It was good to see that he did get booked for that. Um, I presume the ref had said gone up, go off at the nearest point, and he just ignored him mm. um, in the rule that seems to get ignored by everybody so far this season. Um, but yeah, Delafe really. I think he's a really good player. I'm, He's the sort of guy that I feel like should probably not be playing for Watford with no. Yeah, you know. he's a very, very good player. I mean, for all his antics, he's for me. He's a, he should be in a top ten side. I think. Yeah, it feels like he should be playing for Everton or someone like that. I know Everton aren't currently a top ten side, but they. Yeah, I, I don't see him being in the Championship next season. Put it that way, if oh, they go down. No. Yeah, and same with Dini as well. If they do go down, I'd love to take Dean. I know he's getting on a bit, but. Yeah, we were saying that in the pub before, yeah. Ed, weren't we? Yeah, it feel it feels like a. Uh, a wilder signing, just maybe, uh, maybe a couple of years ago. What are you saying? It, it could be the successor to Sharp, if you don't mind yeah, sharing that conversation. Like if, if Billy's sort of being sort of phased out or going into a kind of taking his coaching badges, so he, he could be sticking around anyway. But I think in that sort of role, you know, that sort of experienced sort of man, and I think he's, he's obviously a bigger guy than Sharp as well. I wouldn't mind seeing him next season, maybe not as a starter, but just as another another option. Mm. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's more than proven at this level. I'm um, just talking to Sharp, actually. Um, were you surprised that we only made one substitution in this game? I was and I wasn't, because we were stood watching it saying, right, we need to make a sub, who? Don't know. Hmm. <laughs> it was one of them. I mean, I don't think Lundstrom had his best game. I think I'd have personally possibly taken him off for... Um, probably it, I, the thing is it, as I said it, um, it's not a bad point is it so I can understand the reluctance to, to not make it you know you don't want to make a sub and then lose it yeah. I think I'd say I thought Lundstrom looked a bit knackered I thought McGoldrick looked a bit knackered towards the end if I were going to make any and it's difficult it's easy to say in hindsight I'd have possibly put Luke Freeman on and possibly put uh, Billy Sharp on mm. yeah I think I would have been alright with that as well particularly Sharp because there were a few they were like some scramble chances, weren't they? Yeah. It's sort of half chances. A bit of a, a scramble from a, um, a Norwood free kick uh, near the end, which I don't really know what happened. I don't know if like Basham missed it. and then Yeah, I don't think he was looking. Uh, it was a brilliant free kick, that from Norwood. Unbelievable cross. Like, yeah, that was superb, that. And I, it's almost, I, I don't know if Basham wasn't looking or something. Because I were up again, goal, and then it just sort of went across. And hmm. Yeah, and I, I think, like you say, I mean, the thing with Sharp as well is he's obviously going to get that work rate, what you, I mean, it was the final 15 minutes, you know, closing him down and all this sort of stuff. I think that yeah. could have been a. But at the same time, I suppose while they're thinking, let's not lose this, let's not lose yeah. that shape, because they, they didn't create anything, Watford. You never know, dear. You, if he takes McGoldrick off, puts Sharp on, we concede. Everyone's saying, why did he take the link man off? So. Yeah. I, uh, I'm with you. Um, I, I, I do think, yeah, there was probably a little bit of, you know, we're not playing that well. Let's just take, you know, we'll have a point out of this one. That's 29 points in total. Yeah. We're, go, we're going into the two, you know, literally the two hardest games of the season, Man City yeah. and Liverpool, both away. Yeah. You, you don't want to make that into a, you know, you don't want to go into that on on a down note of having, you know, conceded a last minute goal. No, and, that, and that's it. And I think that was in his thinking, like, let's not lose this. I don't think it would have been a, a disaster if we'd have lost or anything like that, but I think it looks a lot better. Yeah, we're probably all going to lose the next two, so it, it looks better, you know, on on paper yes. and, and for confidence reasons. Well, you know, before these two, we were unbeaten in four. So exactly, yeah, yep, completely. Um, 
What was I going to say? Oh, yeah, uh, a couple more individuals. Uh, McGoldrick, I didn't think, was very good in this game, to be honest. No. Um, it just, I don't know. I, I, this is reading too much into it, but it just felt like he was trying a bit too hard. Um, you know, and it kind of, I don't know, just kept sort of getting dispossessed and a couple of passes going astray. I mean, yeah. I think Watford did sort of mark him out as a Double him up a bit. Now. Yeah, yeah I, I think they, they, they. I don't know if they. Were, I won't say. I don't know if they were two on him or, so, or anything like that. But they certainly they close him down really, really quickly, as if they knew. You know, he's the sort of guy who can just spring a pass out of nowhere. So I think he he, he had a difficult day. But I'm certainly not going to criticise him. I mean, is that the first poor game he's, he's had this season? I think. Yeah, uh, to be honest, I'm not even sure. I go as far as say he was poor. I just no, think no, he just was, average. Uh, sorry, yeah, just, yeah, average, just yeah. below what we've seen from him. To be honest. Um, yeah, he didn't. He didn't get his moment. I, w- I was waiting for it. I thought everybody's everybody's so hyped up for this uh, this potential Boxing Day goal. You know, everyone's singing his name before kickoff and stuff. Yeah, is, I thought something magical's going to happen here, but he he never really got the opportunity, did he? he had the you obviously one... at the post when he were offside, didn't he? Yeah, it's hard. I'm like, what does that man have to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a good effort. Um, well, it would have been worse if it have um, if it had gone in and then it had called offside. I, I think. Oh so. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that. Um, I'm just having a look now. He only had. Oh, actually, I'm not sure he had a shot registered in this game because no, that, uh, that didn't surprise me because obviously yeah. the other one went out for a corner, didn't it? For the yeah, so that was that was blocked, so it hasn't been counted yeah. as a shot. So yeah, zero shots from a goal trip, which is very unusual for him because it mm-hmm. at the very least he uh, he usually makes some space for himself and as a as a dig from somewhere. But I yeah. guess yeah, that kind of backs up what you're saying about Watford doing a, a pretty decent job on him and um, yeah, ultimately not. Not his best performance, and this is where you think should he have brought Sharp on, but mm. it's it's a it's a flip of a coin, isn't it? I think. Yeah, and it, it is a yeah. Then it becomes a loss of shape, doesn't it, and all that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I'm just looking now. I McGoldrick mean, only only five passes attempted in the attacking third. I mean, that's that is really really low for him. Non mm. in non in the penalty area at all. Uh, did create a chance, but yeah, very very little impact, as I said, and no shots taken. No, being very odd for him. Uh, someone I did think was outstanding, and it, it may seem, seem like I'm highlighting this just because he uh, he scored a goal. But I thought Norwood was absolutely brilliant yesterday. One, yeah, I was surprised like, reading some comments on on uh, on forums and and Twitter. People thought he were pretty poor, and I, I thought he were our best player. Definitely, I really did. I thought some of his passing were fantastic. I think if we were going to score, it was probably going to be off a set piece from Norwood. I thought his delivery were fantastic on the whole. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, really good performance. He just does what he does, doesn't he? I mean, it's, it's more difficult than it looks, that role, because especially because mm. they were pressing really well, I thought, Watford. They sort of did to us what, uh, yeah, did to us what we normally do to teams and stuff, and he's still mm. picking passes out. So I thought it was good. Yeah, really good. Yeah, for sure. I mean, well, one thing he did that um, maybe has has not done so often during his, his time with us is he uh, he played a lot further up the pitch. Um, he did, yeah. You know, we felt against Newcastle that because uh, obviously he went off in that game when we were losing, and it you know it, it kind of made sense from a you know he's just he's so deep that you know he, he can't quite find the passes because they're kind of clogging up all these lanes and yeah. his, his, you know, his radar was a bit off in that game as well. But yeah, this game most attacking third passes attempted and completed, which is really unusual for him. He's, he doesn't usually. Mm-hmm pop up in that category at all it's usually Fleck and Lundstrom and yeah, Goldrick yeah. um, most chances created most crosses completed uh, 5 out of 11 no one else completed more than 1 uh, 4 out of his 5 corners found a blade's head um, he had the joint most amount of successful take-ons the second most ball recoveries yeah he just um, he just basically did everything to a, a standard higher than everyone else on the pitch essentially mm. um, 
I've got to say, one of my favourite things in football is watching the Norwood whipped cross from that, <laughs> you know, from that little spot, the inside yeah. right place. And, yeah, um, yeah, he, did, he managed to get it a few times going in this game. But yeah, that free kick we talked about as well. I mean, it's so stupid. It's such a little thing of like, you know, it didn't even lead to a chance really, but. It's just, oh, it's just gorgeous to watch it. it yeah, just... I, I, it's a, it were annoying that because it was such a good ball. I thought this is in. Like, as soon as he sort of knocked it in, I thought all this needs is a touch, and obviously we just couldn't get quite get on the end of it. So, yeah, so yeah, it's good for him to uh, obviously cap that performance with a with a penalty as well. And uh, yeah, he's, I, I'm always I'm always surprised by the amount of people that don't seem to uh, to, to buy into the Norwood hype. It's like, do you remember how hard it was to replace Paul Coote? This is what I, yeah, this is the thing. I, I, we, I think a lot of people have almost become sort of, you sort of, you, you, you've accepted him, he's become part of it. You, you don't sort of respect, I think once he goes, we'll realise what a good player he was. Yeah. And, I think uh, it's one of those things that his, his performances are so consistently good or decent. He very rarely has a really bad game that he sort of he gets left out a little bit. He's not as explosive as someone like Fleck, for instance, or even Lundstrom. Hmm. He's not. He doesn't win the challenges like O'Connell does, or he doesn't like do a, a nutmeg like Stevens does. But he's just there all the time. Brilliant passing. His pass completion rate is normally fantastic. Hmm. His defensive work is normally fantastic as well. Uh, yeah, massive, massive part. I mean. Be interesting. Would you play him against City? Because I've sort of advocated that we might not need him. <laughs> uh, in, in terms of uh, in terms of what, like not having possession. It just because I don't think we'll have much of the ball, and and I don't know if he's got. If he's not the most physical and the most sort of running around sort of player. It's not his sort of game. He normally dictates things, don't I? Mm. And he's sort of good at it, you know, sort of breaking up play, which yeah. I'm not sure if we're going to need that much, to be honest. No, I guess not. Um, I think, yeah, I think playing the strongest team with uh, mm. with Moussa in for in for McBurney would be my my go. Um, I, I get the logic. You could almost I, this is so defeatist, but you could almost make the case for resting a couple of players against mm. uh, against City and or Liverpool because it's like we you know we're not going to get anything out of this game unless something breaks. Yeah, really, really right for us. I mean, all right, it's been done. You know, City have lost as many games this season as we have, but. They are also ridiculously talented, and yeah, yeah we, we'd need a bit of fortune, I think, or them to play terribly for us to get something. But I'd, I'd go with the strongest team. I, I'd want Norwood's, uh, you know, for the very few corners or set pieces that would win. Want to maximise those chances with the best person to take them, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's his... yeah. I suppose so. Yeah, that's. I never thought it like that. Obviously, if you get a, a free kick or a corner, you, you want him on it, don't you? He's the best. Yeah. I mean, you say City have lost the same as us, which is true, but they've also scored more than double the goals that we've scored. <laughs> uh, we've scored 23, they've got 50. Jeez. And um, <laughs> I think they're also, I think they should have more as well. I'm pretty sure they're yeah. like under, under hitting their XG by, uh, oh no, they're right around where they should be. <laughs> but they've, they've had a couple of games where they've got sort of dubious decisions against them, aren't they, with VAR and stuff like that as well. I think they'd have yeah. uh, possibly... Two or three points more than they should have got, but I know some people don't don't give a crap about expected goals. But I just want to highlight how much better than Liverpool, Man City are when it comes to attacking. Their their xG is fifty one. Liverpool's is thirty eight. Um, to give some contact context, we are as close to Liverpool as they are to Man City in terms yeah. of uh, xG. I mean, they're just. Yeah, I don't know. How this is the I said uh, I'm more worried about City than Liverpool, even though I think Liverpool are the better side overall. Like they're going to win the league. Yeah, 
because I think City can do you literally seven or eight, nine nil. Yeah. You know, they're all on fire. And I was going to say, I don't think Liverpool can do that, but I watched Liverpool last night and I got even more scared about them. So. <laughs> the worry the worry is, if you're about to play Liverpool as we are, is that they've been fairly mm, unimpressive, I would say, yeah, for well, most of the season. Two or three times I saw them, I think the World Club, whatever it was, uh, I didn't think they were that good in that. They were uh, the Watford game and they wasn't that good in that. They mm. were getting all that. And I thought, do you know what? We're, you know, we might, I'm not saying we're going to win or anything, but we'll give them a game, maybe lose couple of goals and that's it but now after watching that Leicester game I'm like oh no <laughs> yeah uh, as I say the worry is that they've been pretty unimpressive and now they're uh, they're rounding into form yeah <laughs> just in I time think to such a, a lead as well the pressure's off to some degree I think that they yeah. exper- uh, express themselves a little bit more yes indeed um, yeah that was slightly ominous uh, ominous watching them last night Although yeah. I- I was very pleased with the commentator saying uh, how Chris Wilder, Sheffield United, gave gave Liverpool a good game earlier in the season. Yeah, Alan McCoy's that, will, it, that, yeah. Yeah, and that they will give them a good game at Anfield as well. Well, I was like, oh, I'm I'm loving that level of respect. Yeah, loving your <laughs> confidence as well, there, Alex. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, any uh, any other players you want to just mention before we move on to uh, give out our alternative man of the match? No, I think it were pretty much a six or seven out of ten performance all the way through, weren't it? I don't think anyone were dreadful. Uh, I thought Lundstrom probably had his worst game for maybe the season. Thought McGoldrick probably had his worst game as well, and everyone else were pretty much a, a six and a seven. I don't think there were any awful performances or anything like that. It was just a bit bit average. I think it's one of those at the end of the season. We've had so many great memories. That's the, probably going to be the bottom of the pile, isn't it? Yeah, these two games with Watford are not yeah. going to live hugely long in the memory, but un- unbeaten in both of them. Take take two mm. points, I suppose. No, uh, yeah. no big deal. All right, alternative man of the match. Let's just move on to this. So this is brought to you by the Demblades Fanzine, who are a sponsor of this podcast and. Just like the fanzine, this award attempts to highlight something that may may have slipped through the cracks and not get the the recognition that it absolutely deserves. So, who would you like to nominate for uh, for this this week's game? This is a really meta one. This I'm going to actually go for the Demblades fanzine. Ooh, <laughs> I, yeah, uh, I've I've just read it. Just well, I'm a, I've got about five articles. I, I think it gets better every single time. I mean. Mm. I be I were ill over Christmas, as I said, and I'm working a lot, and um, so a lot of it times I've just sort of spent it in bed, like coming home, and I've just read through it and stuff. And it, it, I don't know. Normally, I read it in sort of sections rather than like all in one go. And I think when you read it in one go, you realise the work and everything that's got into it. So I'm going to give it them. I really it's really helped me get through my <laughs> um, my illness, just like sort of you know taking me away from it and stuff, and keeping me in the. Um, in the realms of what's good about United at the moment, so yeah, I'm going to give it to the to the fanzine itself. Nice, I love the stickers in the, this. this edition absolutely, well. the, the illustrations are absolutely superb. I, I, I mean, they got nominated, obviously, didn't they? Um, for the, the FSA. Yeah, and for I mean, they've only been going 12 months, aren't they? Some maybe a little bit longer, maybe 18 months or something like that. I think the first one came out when we played Villa. Cause I remember taking it on holiday, so hmm. must have been a yeah around 18 months or something like that, and. To, it's such a quality product. I mean, this sounds like we're just doing this, doesn't it? <laughs> but yeah, it's like product placement. But honestly, really, really, I'd, I'd advise anyone to, to check it out. Very good. Um, all right, I'm going to... Uh, I've talked about him already. Uh, he, he may even have been the actual man of the match from uh, from sponsors, uh, from the TV... Um, sorry, my mind's going completely blank. From Amazon Prime. Yes. Um, ben Foster, uh, I thought was sensational. And I... 
what am I missing? Why is he not in the England squad? What, is he like retired, age twenty six or something? What, what's going I, on? I, I I don't know because he's. I'm going to say maybe he's getting on, but he's not. <laughs> um, uh, oh no, he, Tom he Eaton's actually... in there, and he's like thirty whatever. So, um, oh. I, yeah, I, I've always. He's a brilliant shot stopper. He pulled a fantastic save off against us in the uh, first game, didn't he? You know the he did, the header. Yeah. The, I think it was an own goal, and he yes, got back yeah, yeah. to it. And I, Oh, he is actually. He's thirty-six. Isn't he, he is thirty-six. But I mean, sorry, I've got my majorly wrong. Yeah, <laughs> but he's he's not played for England for a good long time. I don't think, and I, I don't understand. I mean, it, it, we must just be going down the route with England. This is of um, you know, go with younger goalkeepers, I suppose. But even then, like Peaton's thirty, isn't he, I think. Oh, in two thousand and fourteen, uh, he retired. I've just read. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Ben Foster revealed he retired from international football uh, after his self-exposed. Uh, self-imposed exile based on a 22 months as the reluctance to be away from his family. That's a good reason. That's a much better reason than self-exposure anyway. Yeah, <laughs> Leading yeah, to that, international that retirement. Self-exposure. <laughs> <laughs> like that, yeah. Um, well, there you go. We, we <laughs> unraveled the mystery of that one um, live on air. So, yeah. Um, But yeah, I just, uh, you know, I think he's so underrated. I don't, again, I don't totally know why he's, why he's playing for Watford. His career goes... Last seven years of his career, West Brom and, and Watford, and you just think... I know he was at Man U for five years, but he, he barely played a game for them. Um, and it's like, mm. what am I missing? This guy's this guy's always been fantastic, and yet somehow has, you know, never played for, like... Never had a serious run for a, a proper team playing in Europe or something well, like that. Well, obviously, we all link with him, aren't we? Going to a couple of paper reports. Uh, I presume that'll only happen if Watford do go down, but... Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it depends how long he's got left in him, but I'd, I'd be all right with him in our goal. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, this is another reason why I mentioned it. It's just to uh, just butter him up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I think a few fans, you could see, you know, fans are giving him some uh, applause and stuff when he came out for the second half. But yeah, those, you know, those saves, 36 is obviously if you're an outfielder, you're, you're tailing off in your career, but keepers go on for a few years yet. And, yeah, they do. Yeah. You know, he, he certainly doesn't look like he's 36 in terms of his athleticism and his reactions and handling and. Yeah, mm. I thought um, I thought he was brilliant. And, On that subject of uh, of his age, I saw Henderson getting a lot of criticism again, obviously for the goal, and we've criticised him on here for it. You've got to remember how young he is compared to most other goalkeepers in this mm. in this division. You know, I don't think Dean Henderson makes that mistake in ten years' time, for instance. Yeah, he's twenty two. Uh, you know, he's got fourteen years on him, um, uh, Ben Foster. So. You know, just leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that Henderson one. I mean, I, I can't even honestly say it's a, a mistake. It's just like a possible misjudgment, and it? it's like yeah, a, yeah, it's not could a have done better. He, he probably should have done better. He's probably still going to go in anyway. But yeah, yeah, them things, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that save from Foster at uh, in front of the cop um, from flex shot was yeah one of the probably the best save I've seen this season in person I think for, for an opposition keeper uh, yeah. I think nothing else springs to mind immediately um, I think Schmeichel made a, a couple of good ones um, for Leicester against us but yeah it's a, a great effort by him he's, he's a very underrated keeper I think and yeah as you say even at um, even at 36 I would not be uh, not be averse to him playing for United if um, if Henderson is, is not allowed to be liberated by Manchester United in the near yeah, future yeah yeah, every time uh, De Gea makes a mistake, I just wince a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> there goes our chance to sign Dean Anderson. Yeah. All right, so that's my nomination. Um, I think I have to give it to Ben Foster, otherwise people are just going to accuse us of being 
ridiculously. <laughs> yeah, I, I did, as I was speaking, I was thinking people are just going to think I'm, you know, just lobbing my money in my back pocket, just mention it all the time. Yeah. But yeah, but, um, reading from your script. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Foster is denied us a couple of times this season. So, uh, good effort by him. He is my alternative man of the match. Um, the Den Blades fanzine, just to cover that off, you obviously mentioned quite a bit about it already. Um, you can get a season ticket for the 2020 editions, which is four issues plus extras. Um, there is an early bird season ticket still available for 18.89. After that, it is the... Very good value of £20, I've got to say. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it, it's full of great articles written by Blades, great artwork designed by Blades, and uh, the extras such as stickers and badges are definitely uh, definitely well worth your time as well. So check that out at denblades.co.uk. All right, mate, let's very quickly, we mentioned it a little bit already, but uh, let's just very quickly discuss Manchester City Coming up on Sunday, a pretty quick turnaround, although not as quick a turnaround as for City themselves, who oh. have not even played yet in uh, in this festive period, I suppose. Um, what are your thoughts going into this one? Um, I, do you know what? I, I, if we lost, if you said now, oh, we lost 2-0, I'd say, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. And I, that sounds so defeatist, but I think you've got to be realistic, haven't you? I think that... The ch- I mean, I think City are coming into form as well, far more than they were at the beginning of the season. I watched them that really demolish Leicester, didn't they? Mm. Um, I mean, Leicester seems to have gone off the boil a little bit. I mean, they, I mean, Leicester City are obviously a better side than us, and they've let seven goals in out of the last two, which have been against Liverpool and Man City. So it just shows how hard that's going to be. I mean, yeah. I, I can't. I really, really just can't see this winning so I think it is all about putting a fight up you know put it make making sure I mean if we'll, we could lose this plus goal difference uh, quite easily I think in the next That's two true. games but if we are still on a plus goal difference by the end of these next two games yeah I think we've done all right I like that it's a good some people may think that sounds defeatist but that's a that's quite a nice way of looking something at it, to aim for isn't it <laughs> yeah I just these two teams are so good um, yeah. Liverpool and City I think just if we can just get through them with no long-term damage to our season in terms of, as you say, yeah. goal difference, injuries, suspensions, fatigue, that kind of thing. Like, yeah, that, I'll, I'll take that as a you know a plus, to be honest. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so hard for... Well, I mean, every team pretty much to get points off these. I mean, yeah, the, Liverpool have only dropped points once in 18 games and, yeah, Man City are having a slightly strange season, but, as you say, are still pretty ridiculous. They have a plus 30 goal difference scored. It's got 50 goals, as you said, in 18 games. Okay. So, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be tough. Um, maybe we get a slight favour by the fact they have a slightly quicker turnaround than us. And It'd be interesting to see the team tonight, actually, to see if mm. they're going to sort of do a half-and-half half sort of rest, maybe a couple of big plays tonight, uh, and then a, maybe a couple of big plays against us. I can't see them playing the first 11s, surely not, like two games in three days. So they play Wolves away tonight. Right, which is yep. a, a very tough game. Yeah, um, you know, Wolves uh, certainly last season, and I think have continued this season. And they're away, all... so you'd have thought yes. they're going to put the strongest team out for this one. I would have thought. I think they need to. I mean, they <clears throat> unless Pepper's written off the title, which is, mm, I mean, I, I don't think they're going to catch Liverpool now. It's just no. too much of a hole. But presumably, he will. Uh, he will believe they can win every single game for the rest of the season and yeah. somehow make up ground. So yeah, I think it will be their strongest team tonight, possibly with an eye to half a team if you like or, or some players rested um, 
against us, which I think is probably a legitimate way of um, of managing it. The one thing I will say about Man City that um, is not true of, of Liverpool they they can be caught out at the back in terms of. Um, uh, like in transition on the counter attack, definitely. This is where Musa is going to be key to having any sort of chance to, you know, creating anything really. Because I think that I mean, I, I, mean, I saw Jay's tweet actually earlier where he was saying about um, maybe playing Robinson and uh, Musa up front. Hmm. Uh, obviously, they're, they're probably the fastest two players. Although I don't think Robinson's got you know a ridiculous amount of pace. He's obviously quicker than say McBurney and Sharp McGoldrick. So I think. That's a good, yeah. I can see why that because we're not really. Do we need Didzy there? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, not sure myself. It's yeah. They, they definitely have weaknesses in transition, and you know, I could see us having a couple of moments like we like we did against Wolves, as it happens. You know, where we win the ball uh, quite high up the pitch, just a couple of times a game, and then and then get the chance yeah. to spring and you know get get Bulldog bombing forward, get Fleck bombing forward, and. Yeah, then probably probably lose the ball and no, kick I would say just do do enjoy. It. Obviously, if we get beat five or six nil, you're not going to enjoy it. But let's just try and enjoy. It. We've got enough points on the board now. I mean, I said at the beginning of the season, if we got this run of the next five games, got them out of the way, and we were within three points of survival, I'd be happy with that because we'd be in with a great chance, and we've got rid of the you know the big guns. We've played City twice, Liverpool twice, and mm. at the time I thought Arsenal were going to be all right. We played Arsenal twice, so I thought you know we've got most of the big guns out of the way there, so. The fact is that I think even if we lose the next two, which we probably will, I think the lowest we can drop down to is twelfth. So it's not bad, is it? No. And then we've got uh, West Ham at home. Is is which will be tough because they're going to be fighting for their lives. They could even have a new manager by then. So you're not. Nothing's going to be easy. But if you can ever enjoy coming up against Liverpool or Man City, it's got to be now, hasn't it? Yeah, for sure. I have to say, our fixtures in the second half of the season look. Look all right. You know when we get through this game? Yeah. Uh, so not this game, sorry. This little run. This, this we're, little we're, run of games, yeah. We finish yeah. finish the uh, finish with the second Man City game. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking now. How many of these teams are in the top six? Uh top 8 rather. Uh so yeah, we've got one game with Man U, one with Spurs, one with Wolves and Chelsea at home, but yeah, and Leicester as well of course. So, but you know, I don't fear those teams like I fear these two in a way. No, you know? no. Well, I mean, the Arsenal away game you look at that, it's going to be tough, obviously. They are, they, for whatever you think about Arsenal, I, I saw the highlights against Bournemouth yesterday, they should have won that game. They're not They're not a terrible side, they're just terrible by Arsenal standards. Yeah. So it's going to be difficult, but at the same time, you won't be that surprised, would you, if we got something from that? So no, I just think really. it's the, these two games are the only two games that I just think we... I don't think we've got a chance. <laughs> I think we have about as much chance as uh, AFC Fylde have of coming to Bramall Lane. <laughs> In, I, I think uh, that's harsh. That actually, yeah. they probably. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Make up record. Yeah, no, I'm uh, very much tongue in cheek there. I think, <laughs> I, oh, that sounds terrible, doesn't it? I'm saying that uh, a non-league team have a better chance of beating a Premier League team than we have of beating Man City or Liverpool. But with the Premier League team, uh, Sheffield United in this instance don't really like sort of FA Cup games <laughs> <laughs> no and I don't even know how much they try but <laughs> no I, I don't think we'll be trying particularly hard to be honest coming no. coming in between the Liverpool and West Ham games as it is um, alright mate well let, let's see what happens I'm uh, I'm curious and any you know if we do get if we get one point out of those two games that is an unbelievable return so mm. yeah and obviously it's um, you know put ourselves in the box seat we had this run didn't we where we looked at the games after 
Um, after Man U and Wolves, which were Newcastle, Norwich, Villa, Brighton, Watford, yeah, and we all went. That's that could be make or break for our season in terms of survival. Yeah, you know, say we'd lost four out of those five or something like that. You know, then we we you know we would be lower mid table. I think at that point, yeah, yeah. we'd probably still be like twelfth or thirteenth or something. But certainly, certainly looking over our shoulders with the games to come. But as it happens, we we lost that game to Newcastle. Three points from Norwich. Three points from Villa. Three points from Brighton. And a point yesterday. Mm. So, boxing. Well, I said at the beginning a... of that run, I said if we get nine points, I'd be happy with that. We've got ten, and I think the, somehow our Newcastle are doing well. The, the three teams we've beaten are possibly, maybe not bright, but you know, the, the Nor- beating Norwich and Villa is probably more important than if we'd have beat Newcastle, if that makes sense. Yeah, because it just widens that gap on yeah. those teams at the bottom, doesn't it? Yeah. No, it does make sense. Cool. All right, mate, let's, uh, let's wrap up there. Um, anything you would like to plug? No, I'll um, I'll probably do the Man City view tomorrow. It's a weird one, obviously, because it's come so quick. I've only just done the Watford view, so I'll probably get that up. Poss- probably Saturday afternoon, I would have thought the Man. Because obviously, I can't really do anything at the moment because they've still got a game to play. Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, they're obviously just going to be commenting on the Wolves match. So um, I've had a quick look, and obviously, the most of the the focus is on that match, which is understandable. So I might have to do a little bit of a later one this time for the City view, but. Hopefully Monday you're all wanting the or Sunday night you're all wanting the city view after our one nil smash and grab win. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's, that's what I like to hear. So people can check that out on uh, roysviewfrom.com and at Panchero. That's correct. On Twitter. Yes. Good man. All right, mate. Well, uh, good to see you yesterday, and good to talk to you today. Yes, and, thank um, you. Yeah. yeah, we'll uh, we'll catch up after this city game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Come on, Blades. Let's uh, let's let's get that one 0 win that you just predicted. I like yeah. it. <laughs> we'll have to defend better than we did it against Watford for that ball over the top. Could you imagine Sterling and Aguero? <laughs> mm, no, I'm, I'm no, going to no. choose not to imagine that. If it's all the same to you. That's uh, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, mate. Thanks very much. I'll talk Cheers, to you later. Bro. Thank Cheers, you. Bye. Thanks to Andrew, thanks to you for listening, thanks to the Denblades fanzine for being a sponsor, and thanks also to Beer52.com, who are also one of the sponsors of BladesPod. Now, if you like me, football and a few beers go together very nicely. Beer52 are offering a free case of their hand-picked beers to BladesPod subscribers. All you need to do is head to Beer52.com slash BladesPod, sign up and cover the £4.95 for postage, and they will send you a case of eight free beers. And not just any beers, they are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting craft beers from the greatest small batch breweries the world has to offer. They are on a mission to find the best beers out there and deliver it to their members each and every month. Beer 52 do not hold you to ransom. You can leave at any time with no cost to you. Sign up today and get your free case of craft beer. Get it from beer52.com slash bladespod. That's the word beer, then the numbers 52.com slash bladespod. 